Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Uh, Today's guest is somebody who I have to say, you know, I'm supposed to be just a professional, but I'm really a fan at heart. And this man makes some of the coolest music out there. Whenever I listen to his music, you know, I always know that it's him because he has such a cool, unique sound. He's one of the most successful artists on the smooth jazz scene. He has 14 CDs to his credit, and he's had 13 Billboard Top 10 singles, including six Billboard number one hits. His music is a blend of jazz, soul, retro groove, pop. Um, and he, again, has one of the most distinctive sounds out there. When you hear his guitar, you know that it is him. Please welcome to today's show, guitarist and composer, Chris Standring. Chris, welcome, man. How are you, Carl? It's very nice to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I've been looking forward to this episode. So, so you grew up on a farm in the countryside of England and started studying classical guitar at age six. And that's quite a journey from from there to here. Tell me a little bit about that journey. Well, apparently I wanted to play guitar, you know, as soon as I could talk. So uh-huh. I, remember, I remember having toy guitars from age two. Wow. And, and when I was six, I was old enough and big enough to hold a, you know, a proper gu- classical guitar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my parents sent me to have guitar lessons and it was very torturous as it always is. It's <laughs> like, why am I doing this? But it's a good foundation, and once I started getting into rock and roll and pop music and things like that, yeah, you know, it was it was a, a foundation that was already there. I could play the guitar, so everything else was just music, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so what was it about the guitar that captivated you so much? I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I can't answer that. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I remember some defining moments. I remember being up in my room and my parents called me down. This was in the late sixties. They said, there's this guy playing guitar on the TV. Come and check him out. And uh, I saw this guy playing solo guitar and it was just amazing. Uh And it it turned out it was Glenn Campbell. Oh, wow. (laughs) You know, playing guitar on his own on a TV show, black and white, you know, Uh You know, a, a totally defining moment for me. I thought, this is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, there, there were several moments like that. And they just spur you on to to the next place. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Sounds like you always knew you wanted to be a musician, that that was your love from the, from, from the very beginning. Well, I, th- I think I always knew I wanted to play the guitar, but uh-huh. it wasn't until I went to school and started playing bands you know in my teens that uh th- that i decided age 16 that i actually wanted this what i wanted to do professionally i actually thought i was going to be an architect ah, to tell you the truth. okay 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 <laughs> yeah i had no idea why but i was always i was always very organized mm-hmm. and i always liked looking at those those uh, beautifully drawn diagrams of buildings and my my father was in that world okay so i, I would uh, I would be fascinated with with how organized and detailed everything was. Yeah. Strangely enough, that 
comes out in my playing because in order to be a good player, you have to be detailed oriented. And yeah. in order to run a record company, you have to be super organized. Yes, you know? indeed. So it all, you know, I think those factors got used up somehow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> good, good. So uh, your sound is uniquely yours. Like no, you, no one sounds like you, which is a really cool thing. How have you cultivated your sound and your style over the years? You know, I'm very flattered when people say that, but I hear it all the time. Uh-huh. And, um, it is something I've worked on. Yeah. It's something I've been very interested to own. And, uh, I mean, years ago when I was studying guitar, you know, I was transcribing licks from other guitar players. Mm-hmm. I was reading Charlie Parker saxophone solos uh. and getting that vocabulary in my head. But, but it, it, it occurred to me at quite a young age that the people that I was really, really into as musicians all had their own sound. Okay. They weren't, they weren't copying anybody else. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know George Benson was clearly influenced by Wes Montgomery, but you can hear him a mile away. You can hear Pat Metheny, you can hear John Schofield, you can hear B.B. King. Mm-hmm. All these players have their own thing. So I thought, well, what does it take to do that? Yeah. I think you've, you've got to own something. You've, you've got to yeah. figure out how you want to sound, what you don't want to sound like, yeah. and focus it to one sound rather than like the classic studio guitar player who mm-hmm. can play in a billion sounds which I had to do back in the day. But when you're an artist, you've really got to hone one individual sound uh-huh. so people can recognize you. you know? Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, you, you definitely have done that. Um, I understand also, I think I read that you are, you're, you're quite the prolific writer and that you write almost every day. Like, how do you find that focus to do that? Well, uh, let me clarify that. Okay. I, when I'm writing a record, I would agree with that. Okay. Same. When, I, when I've got a project to do, or if I'm producing somebody or writing with somebody, um, I'm working on something every day. There are times when, if I, f- like right now, I finished a new album and mm-hmm. I've just had music overload. So yeah. the last thing I want to do is get up <laughs> and write a piece of music. So I'm actually taking some time off right now for the first time in months. Okay. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, what, once, once I'm in a project, in order to successfully write something, you've got to get on that treadmill of writing, mm-hmm. which basically means if you get up and try and write, you might not write something that's yep. worth keeping. But if you keep doing it, you, you get in the, into the flow of writing. Yeah. And, and sometimes that takes a couple of weeks to get into the flow of Mm-hmm. And so you, you've really got to discipline yourself to do something every day. Yeah, yeah. Is that where the process starts for, for you with writing? Or is there like a, an ideation process or, or something before you get to that stage? No, I think that, that's pretty much the process because it's important f- for me on every album I write, I, there has to be some kind of a thing. There's mm-hmm. got to be something I've hang my hat on it's got there's got to be some thematic thing that is associated with that album and that's not going to happen until you start writing a few things you've got to figure out what it is that this this album is otherwise it's just a collection of songs you've written and that's not really enough for me I, i need it to have a some kind of a theme throughout good 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 
And so you the you you said you just finished the an album, and we'll get into one of your your uh, hits off of that, one of your newest hits. But that album that you just finished, what's the theme to that, and what inspired that theme? Uh, well, the the album's called Simple Things. It mm-hmm. comes out May the twentieth this year. The single uh, Change the World is. Uh, is out right now and it's screaming up the charts. Mm-hmm. Um, the mu- musically, the whole album is very funk and soul oriented. It's I, I really delved into Prince to tell you the truth on this cool. record, um, trying to bring those influences into my world, yeah, if you will. Yeah. Um, however, the so musically, it's all very upbeat, but the but the album is is sort of reflectively very much to do with a heart attack I had last year. Okay. Okay. And uh, so, you know, I wanted to put this into the music and think, well, how do I live out my third act? Yeah. When you face to face with yourself, you think uh, what's important in life, Mm -hmm. Um, all all these things, you know, seizing the moment. And of course it all comes down to the simple things in life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what the theme of this album is. And of course, rather than make a very dark and depressing album, I went completely the other way and, and it was a celebration. Good, 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 good. Well, I tell you what, let's listen to that latest release called Change the World. Thank you. 
All right, everybody. That was Chris Standring with his newest song that is uh, that you'll hear all over the place on Smooth Jazz Radio right now called Change the World. So, Chris, I, you know, I got a chance to see the video for this song the other day on YouTube. Mm. And it, came folks, if you haven't seen it, it is a, it, it is a fantastic video. And I got to tell you, man, you were looking cooler than Freddie Jackson sipping a milkshake in a blizzard in that scene where you're in that you're in that uh, you're in that big open space and you got these young ladies skating around you in kind of like their retro gear. Yeah, <laughs> that seemed like that was a super fun video to do. Yeah, well, they always are, you know, and and a lot of this has to do with my good friend and director, David Beeler. Mm-hmm. And um, we've done a bunch of videos together and it's always fun. We always try to think of new little ideas that we can base a video off. And uh, I had done a, a, a roller skating video that I actually put together some time ago. Okay. Uh, I, I had a song called Oliver's Twist huh. and there was a remix of Oliver's Twist, which was, a, which was to my mind, cooler than the original. Okay. Mix. Um, and I went down to Venice Beach and I, I filmed all these roller skaters dancing to these disco songs, you know. Mm-hmm. This was years ago. And I thought, let me see if I can put this footage to my music. And I, I okay. sort of timed it all in it. I mean, you'd think that they were actually skating to my song. Anyway, so that came out so, so well. And it was a little bit viral, that video. And I thought, we should go back to that theme because that was a, a good one. And it was yeah. a fun one. Yeah. So we did. How long does it take to put something like a video like that together for you guys? Well, it, it takes less and less time these days okay. because you can really streamline it. And it basically takes a few chats on the phone mm-hmm. or getting together with a director. So, you, so you're so you really clear in your mind what it is that you're doing. Gotcha. And then you take a couple of days out to shoot. Sometimes, actually, we did this in a day. Uh, and then and then the rest is editing. Um, okay. And that can take a few days. Yeah. So it's... it's it's not um, the actual shooting of the video can be quick. Yeah, but uh, you know, I used to do all, all the editing, and I, I just oh, thought wow. this. I've got so much to do, I can't do it. Yeah. So I, so I now have my friend David do it, and he's really good at it, way better than I am now. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, and and I know you've got some touring coming up in March. You're going to be back home in the UK in March, and then some other dates coming up. That's right. That's right. Uh, they're all starting to come in thick and fast, which is yeah. fun. Um, and nothing's been cancelled. And, and I certainly am not cancelling. Yeah, good. Um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, uh, the next dates are going to be in the UK. I've got three big shows over there. And then I come back. I've got something over here. And I've got something in, you know, I can't remember where I'm playing. I, yeah. I, I mean, Florida, uh, Oakland. I mean, you know. Yeah. Honestly, you probably know where I'm playing, but more than I do. I don't know. <laughs> I might. I might. I, I, I did cheat. I looked at your schedule. So, right. do you do you enjoy that? That I get. Like, it's been a while since folks have been able to get out and get on stage. Like, uh, do you enjoy that part? Are you like dying to do this? Looking forward to it. Been missing it, and you know, it's, it, it, I, I, yes, of course, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's great fun, and. It, Every time I step on stage, it reminds me how much fun it is. And, and it's very easy to forget when it's not there. Because, you know, during COVID, there was a year and a half of right. no work, right? Right. So, and I remember talking to a few musicians, and we all 
sort of came to the uh, the conclusion that we all had a good run, mm -hmm. and if this was never going to happen again, it's fine. Yeah, you know okay, I mean? okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're all getting up in age, and it was like, okay, that's we 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 had our time. It's yeah. you know, but uh, of course now it's all come back. Yeah, thank God. And, Nobody is ha more happy than us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to challenge you on that one because I can tell you people like us are happy too. You know, it's a huge yeah. void to not be able to go out and see a live show. And I, I can tell you, I, it, was, it was March 7th was the last live show that before COVID. It was a March 7th show. I got to see David Sanborn. And mm -hmm. then that was it for like a year and a half. And yep. that that was a that was a long time for me. I'm a I'm a big concert goer, and mm. to have to go that period of time without not being able to see a show that was tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so we're yeah. glad you guys are back out too. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you enjoy the travel part that comes with your your job? Like, do you get a chance when you're out on the road? Do you get a chance to like enjoy a place that you visit, or is it I got to go do a show? And then I'm right back to the next show, and then I'm right back in the studio. To be honest, it's it's not it's not an excuse for me to go on vacation and see the sights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because when I, when I go and play a show, I need to be at the top of my game. So yeah. I'm yeah. really focusing so much on the music. Uh huh. Um, and so the last thing on my mind is let's go and see some sights. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. So, so I tend to, yeah. I mean, I I I quite enjoy travel. I mean, uh, you know, we, I think we all whine about it because of jet lag and yep. horrible times in the morning and not sleeping enough and eating bad food or all the stereotypes you've ever heard about uh -huh. traveling and touring. But there's there's something there's something great about it. You know, it's you, you're just you're living a a life that. I mean, but so many people want to live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that maybe they wouldn't if they experienced it. But yeah, they certainly think they want to live it. You know, yeah. um, and and it is a great life. You know, it's it's you know we're we're playing these great places with great musicians, connecting with great people. It's I mean, it really is a is a wonderful thing. So I do have to pinch myself. Yeah, uh, and I'm very grateful. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. What are you like just before you go on stage? Are you like? You chill, you you nervous, you in a zone, or are you just like waiting to hear the first roar of the fans? What do you like? Well, it's, it's that's a really great question because uh, I'm actually in my mind I'm sort of hell right before I okay okay and and I sometimes make the mistake of talking to people before I play and I'm not there. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, I do. My head is my head is not there. And I try to be there, and I, you know, but I'm not because really I'm all up in how this show's going to go and mm -hmm. all these things. So these days I make a point of, of really staying in the dressing room and okay. just zoning out yeah, yeah, yeah. before I go on because it's, it's better. It's better for people mm -hmm. because they think I'm ignoring them or you know, and th and then of course after the show I can be fully present. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Understand. Understand. Well, let's take a listen to another one of your songs. This is yeah. "How Insensitive" by Chris Standron.
That was today's guest, Chris Standring, with his song, How Insensitive. So, Chris, we have this segment that we do on each one of our shows. It's called Bout It or Doubt It, okay? So if you're bout it, it's something that you are into, something that you like. If you doubt it, it's something that you're not quite feeling. Can we twist your arm to play? Yeah. All right, <laughs> let's do it. I started yeah, this body no body no If you bout it, get them up. I mean you body body. I mean body. We say you body body. I represent. I doubt it. All right. So what we're going to do, Chris, is we're going to spin the wheel and we're going to get you a category, and then we're going to ask you ask you a couple about it or doubt it questions. Okay. Okay. All right, Chris. Your category today is. Food and beverage. Bout it or doubt it. Coffee. I, I can't live without coffee. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. you you bout it. Bout it. I bout it. <laughs> I bout it. I, yes. I used to. I used to drink more, but I've cut down. But I'm. Uh-huh. I'm all about. I'm all about it. Yeah. Are you Are you a coffee throughout the day kind of person, or is it I got to have it to get my day started kind of a thing, or? No, it just is one strong cup of coffee uh, in the early afternoon to, to okay. keep me up. For okay, the rest of the day. good, 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 good. All right, yeah. So not a morning, not a morning coffee drinker, an afternoon coffee drinker. I, I used to be. I used to be. I just, I'm just trying to cut down. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. All right. Well, let's do one more. Yeah. About it or doubt it? Sushi. About it. Yeah. But not all the time. Okay. Not okay. Not all the time. I. I when I have it, I really, really like it, but it's not something I crave. Yeah, yeah. Where are where are some of the best places that you've had sushi on your travels? Oh, 
well, where I right where I live, there's the most remarkable sushi place uh, in Studio City here in Los Angeles. Okay, and uh, it's called Sushi Aroha, and it is insane. Really? Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to order there? Well, they they do a baked. Uh, it's like a scallop, a baked scallop hmm. dish, and you know, it takes them half an hour to make it. Wow. It's pretty insane. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I got my. I remember that next time I'm in LA, my daughter is a huge sushi fan. So, so how do you know when one of your songs is ready to be released to the world? Uh, well, it's. I mean, it'll be finished. I mean, basically, I'll I'll finish an album. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I I basically know. Well, I think I what you're getting at is. When I write a piece of music, I'll be, I'll, I'll write something, but if it doesn't speak to me, it doesn't mm-hmm. get finished. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. I do. Get, so, so when I know something's good, I mean, it, it, it just comes pretty much straight away. If I, if I, if it's nothing, I'll know really quick. Mm-hmm. So I'll know within a matter of hours, whether a track is going to go on an album. Gotcha. But I'm, as I'm writing it, this, I'll, I'll know this is great. Uh, I don't. I don't know if it's going to be a hit single yeah. before I finish it, and I certainly don't know then either. But so then I'll finish out the album, and then we'll decide which are the singles that go to radio. Mm-hmm. So basically, what are, which ones are the most commercial? Gotcha. So it's a, it's a process, but um, yeah, it's a very similar process every time. Yeah, yeah. Are there when you like like you just finished an album? Are there songs that whether they go to radio or not? that rise to the top for you that you're like, Oh man, I can't wait to play this one live or. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, my favorite songs are usually not the songs that uh, go to radio. Uh-huh. I mean, we have to do that and I love them too, but yeah. it's, it's a, you know, I, I, I'm more of a fan of the deeper album tracks Yeah, that you can dig in. And it's, it's not about pleasing radio programmers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, uh, this album, Simple Things, is really more of a... When I was writing it, I, I was focusing on the live show. I wanted to step okay. up the live and which is why I was listening to people like Prince, you know, yeah, just for yeah. inspiration. And so this album is very, very live. It's very in the moment. And um, I should think most of the album will not be radio songs at all, but we'll see. You yeah. know, I know yeah. that. Yeah, you're probably surprised on occasion. Some things get picked up that you may not expect people to love, and people fall in love with that's them. Right. And, you know, that's, and so right. that's I've been wrong many times. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool when that happens too. So, so when you're not making music, you said you you just you're, since you just finished your album, like when you're not making music, what it is it that you, what is it that you like to do? Well, I was actually talking to somebody else about this yesterday, and it's a conundrum for me because I don't really have hobbies. Okay, so it means that I'm working on music in some form all the time. Gotcha. Um, However, wearing as many hats as I have to wear these days, I barely have time for a hobby anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, to tell you the truth, my hobby is playing the guitar, which is seems to be the last thing in the chain. (laughs) You know, when you're, when you're running a record company and mixing tracks and recording tracks and producing other people, you know, I mean, I have to keep my chops up. I have to do it. Sure, but but very often it's it's not the. F- I don't I don't get the luxury of 
picking up the guitar in the morning and putting it down when I want. Yeah. That's not how it works. So, so to, to, to answer your question, honestly, you know, I'll get on my bike and bike down to a coffee house and okay. hang out half an hour and bump into some friends and yeah. just just chill out before I go back to work. And yeah. I like to cook, you know. Okay. Yeah, it's I'll, I'd go for a walk, things like that. But yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a music nut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's all right. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Tell us about running a record company. Like, what what is that experience like? That's got to be pretty intense. Well, it's intense during a certain parts of the process. Okay. So, for instance, everything's once, you know, I mean, there's, I'm making a record, and once the record's done, which is a massively intense process, right? then I actually have to set it up for release and do marketing and, and radio and things like that, publicity. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's, it seems like the to-do list never ends. Right. Um, and, and uh, you know, I have people to do certain parts of it. I have, a dis- I have distributors. Mm-hmm. I have attorneys, graphic designers, radio promoters, um, th- things like this, you know. I can't, I, I can't do everything alone, but yeah. there's a lot that I have to do alone because training assistants takes a long time and it then sure they leave. And, and by the time you've trained them and corrected all their mistakes that they've made, you could have done it yourself. You know? mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I tend to be a little bit controlling like that because I need okay. to get it done. It needs to be right. You know? Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, that's a lot. I mean, you you have a lot on your plate, but you continue to make sure your music continues to stay right at the top of its game, man. So let's let's take a listen to another one of your songs. This is Shake It Up. Thank you. 
Let's shake it up by today's guest, Chris Standring. So, Chris, do you remember the first concert you ever went to see? I certainly do. All right. Tell us I about remember it. I was 15 years old, mm-hmm. living in England, and I went to see a band called Procol Harum. Huh. Uh, do you remember them? I don't remember them, no. Yeah. Uh, their big, ship, their, their big uh, hit was a song called White as Shade of Pale. Oh, I remember, remember the song. Yeah. That's it. There was, there was Procol Harum. And I remember it was, it, was, uh, it was a club in my hometown in England. The town was called Aylesbury, and the club was called Friars, and I was too young to go in. Okay. I, I remember some guy <laughs> came up. He said to me, how old are you? I said, I'm 16. Well, I wasn't. I was 15. Uh-huh. And he said, you don't look it. And I said, and, and I and I said to him, I know, but what can I do? <laughs> and, and there I felt felt like I really learned a lesson in life. Uh-huh. You know, I, I agreed with him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he and he smiled and let me go. He said, yeah, "Enjoy the concert." That's cool. That's really cool. So, so are you? Do you do you get a chance to do concerts much anymore? Uh, do I go to concerts? Or? Yeah, yeah. Do you get a chance to go to concerts anymore as a fan? Um, once, yes, I do. One, once in a while. I don't go to many. I, I went. The last concert I went to was just a few weeks ago. I went to see Pat Metheny here, oh, yeah. in Los Angeles, which was beautiful. I've seen him many times, uh-huh. and uh, I remember going to see Jeff Beck. Oh, cool! A few years ago, a couple of times actually. He was insanely good. Uh, oh, I mean, there's. I can't even remember, you know. But yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. usually once, once or twice a year. Okay, okay. Are you able to go and just enjoy it as a fan, or are you there analyzing things and thinking about things like, oh man, I, yeah. I you know, so. Boy, that's a great question because I've I've been told off. I mean, I, I remember I went to see a couple of years ago. I went to see Michael McDonald and Shaka Khan at Hollywood Bowl. Oh yeah, and I took my girlfriend at the time, and. Uh, of course, I was loving it, but I was also mentioning that, you know, I knew the saxophone player or I knew the guitar player, whatever it was, or, uh-huh. or I, I mentioned a few things because we're analyzing. We're not, yeah. we can't, we can't totally enjoy it. We have to figure out what they're doing, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, she got really annoyed with me. She said, can't you just enjoy the bloody concert? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And she was right as way, but it's 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 a difficult thing for musicians to do. We we're, we're on a slightly different plane. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. I know how it is. I you know we we put on a jazz festival, and I love to go to jazz festivals. But what I have found is that the first night I go, I can't enjoy the show because I'm doing just that. I'm analyzing it. My wife, like your then girlfriend tells me the same things can you just yeah. can you just sit back and enjoy it but i'm looking at everything like oh man the seats here are the seats here suck or the That's sets right. the sets are too short or man their food should be better here because people want better food when they come to these events right. not enough selection you know it, I, i'm thinking about all that stuff so how to make sure that we do our thing you know right That's right. So, right yeah yeah so i always have to try to make sure i ha- I, I pick jazz festivals that are at least two days so i know the first day is going to be a loss on me the second day i'll get a chance to enjoy (laughs) that's right that's right so are there um are there any any artists that you haven't seen in concert that you would love to see well it's funny i know i keep talking about prince i really wish i wished i wished i had seen him before he left us i mean that's something uh i just it would have been insanely good Mm -hmm. you know um so clearly i'm a prince fan yeah but uh yeah i'm sure there are i mean it's, you put me on the spot there carl I'd, uh-huh. I'd, I'd have to really i'd have to really think about okay uh, all right yeah oh well, so, no, you know i'm a big fan of music outside this genre yeah so yeah. um i probably enjoy going to see snarky puppy yeah quite like to see them um, orchestral concerts, I would really love to see more of. Mm-hmm. Actually, Earth, Wind, and Fire—they're yeah. still going, and I never got to see them. And I'm I'm trying to make a point of seeing them. That'd be a great you know, one. Before there's no band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. That'd be a great one to see. That'd be great. One. I am I am dying to see Lenny Kravitz. Mm. Never had a chance cool. to see him, and uh, yeah, that'll be. Yeah, I was saying to my wife the other day. You know, I'm I'm checking his website regularly to see when a tour is announced. And I said to my wife, wherever Lenny is next, we're we're getting on a plane and we're going to see Lenny. But that's somebody I would right. love to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife actually drugged me to last year. My wife is a big rock and roll fan, and she I had never seen John Mayer live, and she took me yeah. to see John Mayer. And I got to tell you, it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. And I and I. I left that concert not being, I went there really not being a John Mayer fan, even though I hear him playing at our house regularly. And I said to my wife after the first three or four songs, I said, you know, he's probably one of the top 10 guitar players on this planet. You know, he was pretty yeah, amazing. I saw, I saw it, yeah, I saw him live too a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And he, he was great. He had my favorite drummer in the world, Steve Jordan, playing okay. with him. Ooh, I tell you, it was worth going just to see him. Yeah. But yeah. It's great. Yeah. Pretty great. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. So I'm going to put you on the spot a couple more times, Chris. So a couple questions I love to ask all of our guests. The first one is, what are your favorite three albums of all time? Hmm. That is on the spot. Um, Well, I I think what comes to mind are defining musical albums for Mm -hmm. me. So Mm -hmm. um, just albums that really changed my life. Sure. Are the ones that come to mind, but they might not necessarily be the favorite ones, but boy, they're close to it. You know? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so Blow by Blow by Jeff Beck. Okay. Okay. Off Ramp, Pat Metheny. Mm-hmm. 
consciousness Pat Martino. All right. All right. Yeah. Those are those are great choices. There's a great choice. I mean, I've got others. I've got others, but you said for three. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. I hey, I get to do I tell you what, give me three more. Give me three more. Okay. Okay. Um All in All, Earth, Wind and Fire. Uh-huh. Asia, Steely Dan. Yeah. Um now I'm on the spot. Uh, who else? Oh, the first Larry Carlton album. Okay. With Room 335 on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That those are great choices. Highly influential. Yeah. Yeah, those are great I tell you, Larry Carlton was, I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I, Larry Carlton was in our town this past summer, and I had bought tickets, and something came up, and I couldn't go. And that is killing me. I've never got, I never got a chance to see him live. He's somebody that I've always wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. So... Right. Hopefully great. sometime in the near future. All right. The other one that, that I'm going to put you on the spot with is, and this will be good for you. You might put, I might, might not put you on the spot because you're a cook, but you get to have it. You're having a dinner party and you get to invite mm-hmm. any three people living or deceased. Who's coming to Chris's dinner party and what's on the menu? Ooh, Miles Davis. Oh yeah. Yeah. Charlie Parker. Okay. Oh my goodness. The third one, um, Christopher Hitchens. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. I know that. I don't know what kind of dinner party that would be, but it would be great for me. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. No doubt about it. So what's on the menu? Um, probably some kind of chicken dish. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Some kind of maybe in a red wine sauce, uh. French French wine sauce. Okay. Um. With roast potatoes, roasted garlic, rosemary potatoes. Oh, that sounds good. And some vegetables and some some beautiful, beautiful wine. Awesome. 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 Any favorites on your wine list that you care to share? I'll go wrong with Camus. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Bordeaux, too, but I'm not familiar with which they are. Um, I mean, I, I have go-to sort of medium price wines that I, uh, I'm going to do a shout out to minor vineyards. Okay. Uh, they, they, uh, sponsored my show sometime and they made a, make a beautiful, beautiful Chardonnay. Oh my goodness. Huh? So, I mean, if I can get my hands on one of those, I'd be happy. Are they in the Southern California area? Are they, are they, they're up in Napa. In Napa. Okay. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Chris, tell us what else. I know you're releasing a new album and about to start touring. What else does 2022 have in store for you? Well, I'm producing more artists and people are coming to me and wanting me to put my spin on something awesome. for them. And, and, I, and I'm actually really just focusing on singles. I'm not really interested to do albums for people. It's okay. too much work. Okay. And I'm, also, I'm also signing artists to my label, which is something that, I've steered away from, but again, I'm just doing singles. I'm not really, not really interested in albums. I just want to focus on radio and launching people's careers. Cool. Uh, And of course, you know, for the most part, I'm producing these singles because I know what radio wants. Yeah. 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 Can you tell me, tell us any of, share with us any of the people that you're producing for? Yeah. Well, my first single is uh, a wonderful British, amazing British singer called Joe Harrop. Okay. And she, she's very much in the sort of Nora Jones, Madeline Peru 
Melody Gardova. Oh, cool. You know, very classic. And uh, she's got a beautiful song that I just did a remix of called Everything's Changing. Okay. And that's going to radio at the end of February. Good. And uh, she's, she's just a stunner. You know, you're really great. So that's the, that's the first one. You know, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, good for you, man. Well, hey, Chris, I want to thank you, man, for taking a little time out of your busy schedule to <laughs> spend a little time with us and chop it up with us, man. We, uh, yeah. we've, we've really enjoyed it. Uh, we are looking forward to the new album coming out, and everybody make sure you, you, you check that out and check out this new, his new music video. And if you get a chance, make sure you go see him live. So, Chris, we appreciate your time, man, and we wish you nothing but the best. Thanks so much, Carl. It's been a pleasure. Pleasure's all ours, man. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Backstage.